I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Hey friends, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. Now, before we dive into today's show with Jess, which by the way, you are absolutely going to love. I know we've been chatting about like female health, getting your period back, that sort of thing. But Jess has a really great message around relationships, getting to know yourself and being a 2.0 version of yourself rather than like a new version of yourself. I really, really love Jess's message and I know you are going to love her as well. She's super sweet. But before we get into today's conversation, like I said, I have some things to chat with you about first. I feel like we majorly need to catch up. I could easily record an entire episode about my updates alone, but real quick here, I did want to share with you on the podcast because I've shared it on my newsletter. I've shared it on Instagram in my stories, posted about it, but I have not actually sat down and talked about it on the podcast yet. And anyone who listens to the show, you know how much I cherish you. I truly, truly appreciate you tuning into the show every week. So here's what's up. I am on tour for the next four months. So August, September, October, and November, I will be traveling mainly around Canada, but I will be dipping into the States every now and then. So I am going on my Health Beyond Food Tour. So as you all know, I'm super passionate about talking about more than food. So I am a holistic nutritionist, but I don't just focus on the food. And I actually talk about food very little nowadays. I'm so passionate about mental health, emotional health, mindset, self-love. You know, I am your self-love girl. So I am really passionate about all of these topics and I'm being called to travel and teach my health beyond food workshops throughout North America. So that's what my next four months are going to look like. Now, nothing is going to change podcast wise. We have an amazing lineup of shows, so nothing to worry about there. Everything is going to stay the exact same while I'm on tour. So that's good news. But what I do want to send you over to is a page on my website, talking more about the tour. So where, what to expect, like what is the Health Beyond Food Tour? And also most importantly, where 
I am traveling to because if you are at one of the cities that I am traveling to or maybe you're nearby, it would be absolutely amazing if you could travel there or if it's local to you, attend one of my workshops. I would love to meet you in person. And that's really one of my intentions for doing this tour is to deepen current relationships that I already have. So I will be traveling to cities where I know people and already have relationships with amazing women. But also I really look forward to connecting with so many more new women that I have yet to meet. So that's one of my intentions is creating new relationships with amazing women who are open to learning more about how to care for themselves beyond what's on their plate. We're going to talk about mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, and really dive into the tools that I use in my everyday life and how I support myself on all of those levels. So go to my website, megtherhn.com slash tour to read more about my Health Beyond Food Tour. I would absolutely love to connect with you if I am traveling to your city, like I said, or if I'm in driving distance from you. It would be so awesome to meet you. And yeah, head over to that page on my site. Take a look where I'm traveling to. And if you really want to attend one of my workshops, but it's very clear that I'm not heading out your way, then hit the request form. I have a bunch of buttons on that page if you want to request me to travel to you, etc. But I will also be teaching monthly online workshops to anyone who is wanting to learn from me, but I'm not going to be able to travel your way. So Go to that page. That's where all the info is. And I look forward to hearing from you and also meeting you in real life. (laughs) I love my online business, but even more, I love meeting people in real life. So super excited for these next four months. I've already done some traveling. I am going to be doing much more traveling this coming week. I'm actually at home this week. So I feel kind of calm, grounded, and then I'm going to leave next week again, do some more traveling. And then at the end of the month, I will be in Ontario, Toronto and London specifically, my old stomping grounds. So if you're in London or Toronto, reach out. We can meet up. We'll try to make it happen. I'd love that so much. Now, let's get over to today's conversation with Jess. Jess is a health coach and you can find her on Instagram at Body Bliss by Jess, where she talks all things holistic wellness. You are going to absolutely love her. Hey, Jess, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me today. Hi, Meg. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. So before we hit record, you and I were saying that we do have a lot in common. I know you have a history of disordered eating and just 
like yo-yo dieting is how you called it. So I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners today, and then we'll get into some of your story. Yeah, sure. So thank you so much for having me again. And um, yeah, so I'm Jess and I am a holistic health and wellness coach here in Los Angeles area. And basically I work privately with clients all across the country through private sessions. And then also I host a number of different virtual group coaching courses. And I do a lot of, especially this past year, a lot of big wellness events and um, also in the middle of co-hosting a retreat. And then I, um, I work in partnership with my mom and my sister. My mom's the founder of a business called Your Hormone Balance and my sister is the co-founder and we're like a little family business and we do hormone testing and consulting and all natural um, rebalancing um, steps for, for getting back in balance and feeling your best. Um, so we're all a holistic family and I'm just really, you know, very fortunate and grateful to get to work with women, um, specifically those who have been in a place like you or I, where, you know, at some point in our life, or maybe even for most of our lives, um, we have been disordered eating or restricting ourselves. And so for me, it's really, really nice to be able to, you know, guide these women to the other side and, and find that place of bliss or what I like to call go after the 2.0 version of themselves. I love that you call it the 2.0 version. I saw your New Year's post and (laughs) instead of the whole new year, new you, it was new year 2.0 you. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like I kept hearing that over and over again, like new year, new you, you know, um, and there's other phrases too. I can't think of all of them, but just kind of imply, um, that you're not good enough. And I think that that was something that really stood out to me. It was like, okay, but why should we want to be a new person or new us? Like, yes, we can always take ourselves to that next level and be happier and healthier and, and more in touch with who we are and, and maybe have more purpose and, and yeah, maybe actually become a better person um, than we currently are. But I think that the message should always be that, you know, you're great as you are. You're born born to be the person that you are meant to be. And so it's really just about helping you find that next level. Uh, I love your message so much because that's exactly how I felt when I read that. I was like, I love this so much because it's not about being like, oh, I need to completely change who I am. It's just more up-leveling or evolving into an even more like unbreakable version is what we focus on during this show is just being the unbreakable versions of ourselves that we were always meant to be. So because of your journey, I think you are an unbreakable woman. So why don't we go through your journey a little bit more? When did that start? It sounds like you grew up in a pretty holistic household. And I mean, having a mom be very into holistic living as well. So when did your dieting all start and how did that come about? 
Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I say is that I feel like my whole life has kind of been prepping me to do what I do today as a, as a holistic health and wellness coach, even though for most of my life, I didn't know it. And yeah, like you said, I was raised in a really healthy household. My mom has always worked in the health world. She's, you know, was a health educator when we were kids and my dad as a result kind of had to be healthy and, and was very healthy as well. And so we grew up um, eating like our big treat on the weekends was like making buckwheat pancakes. And we would so look forward to that. And we had like, we didn't actually even have TV during the week. week. We would, um, we only had a TV that could play movies so we could watch movies as a family. And then on Saturdays, my sister and I could watch cartoons and then we would have like one once a week our sweet day where we could have sweets and candy and things like that. But the other days of the week, we were eating really healthy foods. We ate all of our meals as a family. Um, we were super creative as a family. We we did plays together. Like we would write little scripts and act them out. And we we're just always my parents were just always about being creative and being mindful and being aware of what you're putting into your body and, and wanting us to have natural energy. So that was so wonderful. But as you know, when you get into high school and all of a sudden you have more freedom and you're able to go off campus and eat lunch with your friends and do all of that stuff, you definitely don't want to be a loser. And so what <laughs> a loser. So you throw away your brown bread sandwich and you go to Taco Bell and grab um, chalupas were my favorite. And, you know, I would make like uncrustable peanut butter jelly sandwiches after school at my best friend's house and we would make mac and cheese. And it was like, I just sort of started rebelling. And this was while I was, you know, doing a lot of sports. So I was on swim team. I played volleyball. I was really active. And then at the end of high school, when I quit those sports, all of a sudden I put on a lot of weight, like 40 pounds. And I had always been really thin and didn't have to worry about my weight or what I ate really. And I think that's why, even though I was raised healthy and I was aware of what healthy eating was and how it made me feel, it was not the biggest concern for me because I just thought about my weight, like, oh, I'm thin, I don't need to worry about it. And so once I stopped exercising and gained all that weight I was very desperate to lose it and that especially going into college wanting to meet guys wanting to be accepted and I just found out about dieting and from then on for about 12 years um end of high school all the way through college and after college even into my late 20s I was dieting so I've tried every single diet under the sun. I'm not sure if I feel like you can relate to that. I was just going to say for me personally, my eating was very more like I had an eating disorder. So I actually wasn't like I haven't really tried any diets to diet. It was always very like coming from an eating disorder type restriction place. So that's where we have a difference um, in terms of like trying all of these different diets. Yeah. Yeah. So you were, you were still restricting yourself though. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had an eating disorder, but it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna, it wasn't like trying those labeled diets, right? It was just really focused on how less little food can I run off of type thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that, you know, whether sometimes it was me trying, you know, the Atkins diet, or at one point, I think one of the craziest things I tried in college was this diet that they give to people that are about to go get like gastric bypass surgery. And (laughs) you go through like five different days of eating different weird things. Like one day, all you eat is bananas and milk. Like you eat bananas and drink milk all day long. And then one of the other days was like, you drink this tomato soup all day. And for whatever reason, I just, my sister and I had found it online. We're like, oh, let's try it. You can lose all this weight. And obviously not sustainable um, for longer than five days. And so, yeah, sometimes it was like that. But then other times it was verging on, never really considered myself to have an eating disorder because I didn't ever think, oh, I'm, you know, I didn't ever label myself as like anorexic or bulimic or any of that. But I did have disordered eating because it was always about how can I restrict myself to fit into this specific box of how I feel I should look. And at different phases of my life, it was different, you know, for my, the boyfriend I had in college, it was, and I can get into this a little bit if it, but it was a very emotionally um, abusive And so a lot of my dieting throughout college was, you know, hoping that he would treat me better because I thought maybe, you know, maybe he treats me this way because I don't look the way that he wishes that I did. You know, maybe I'm not thin enough or pretty enough. And so I would try to control almost that relationship through um, food. And so it was very disordered in that sense. And then um, also became orthorexic, which I feel like not that many people have heard that term, but basically the obsession with perfect eating. So whatever I deemed perfect in the moment, if I deviated one lick bite or taste of something that wasn't on my plan, I would have like a major meltdown. Honestly, it's really sickening looking back on it because I let go of so many incredible opportunities and moments, um, magical moments or times of fun or spontaneity with people I loved because I wasn't able to get the perfect food at the place that we were traveling to or the event that we were going to like, Oh, well, that restaurant isn't going to have exactly what I need to eat or everybody's going to be drinking at this social event. I don't even want to go because I don't even want to be tempted, you know? So it was like a very uptight time in my life and not, not for years and years and years, but depending on how strict I was at the time, you know, I could be hard to be around, I believe, you know, very uptight and, and just hard on myself. So, um, and I feel like, I know you wanted to know the background and then what was the other part of your question? Just how it led me to to where I am? Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of got an idea of where it all started for you, but I do have a question before we get into, okay, now where did we start making these changes? 
or even realizing that something needed to shift within your um, within your life. So before we get into that, you have brought up your sister a couple of times. Did both of you struggle with like dieting and things like that? Yeah, it's actually, um, so we're actually going to be starting a podcast soon as well. And um, the reason is that she and I, we've always been really close. We've always been best friends. Um, but in the last, gosh, five years, probably since moving out, since I moved to LA, she's been here for about seven years. I've been here about five years we started to become even closer than ever before. And it's like, I always say, I feel like she's the best human I've ever met. And I just feel that she is, she's my, she's everything to me. And she's just so inspiring and wonderful. And, and, and the thing is we are very similar, but our paths have been very different. So she never really struggled with disordered eating or yo-yo dieting or any of that. But um, she absolutely felt the pressures that you feel when you're that age, you know, in college, wanting to look a certain way, maintain your weight and still go out and drink and eat late night with your friends. And I think because she grew up with my mom, who's a health educator, knowing those sort of healthy habits, and then also seeing me go through much of what I went through and restricting myself, I think she was just always hyper aware of it. And so she would try different things, you know, maybe she'd go up 10 or 15 pounds and, you know, she would try something or, um, to get it back down, but she was never really obsessed with it. And I don't think that she had the same emotional attachment that I did. Um, but she and I both worked for an international weight loss clinic, um, about the same time. And it was actually after college and this weight loss center, uh, was the center that my mom was actually hired as one of the um, education directors to bring in saliva testing or hormone testing to all of their centers, which was pretty revolutionary. It was bringing in that sort of like missing link to weight loss. And so she was able to get me an introduction to this job. And in order to work as a weight loss consultant, the deal was that I had to go on the diet and the diet that they had and lose weight. Because at this point, I was probably, you know, I was at my heaviest weight, about 40 to 45 pounds more than I am now. And my sister simultaneously was working at a different center in the college town that we both went to. She was still in college. I was graduated. Her center was much more relaxed. She didn't really have weight to lose. So she was able to kind of take the guidelines that she learned through that through sort of some of their modalities and, and education around hormones and certain types of foods, you know, she was able to take from it and sort of pull bits and pieces that she could use in her life. So when she was up a few pounds or didn't feel so great, you know, she would use some of the tools and tactics. Whereas for me, it became, and this is another part of my story, it, it got me to become even more obsessed and, and then it was like the comparison game of like, oh, I'm a consultant right now and I'm consulting people who have all this weight to lose. Like I need to look and be perfect. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. So would have that been maybe the turning point for you or did you follow many more diets after that as well? That was truly one of my 
low points, I would say, in my journey, because I thought it would be this really positive, like, oh, I'm going to work as a consultant, I'm going to get to coach people and help them to achieve a healthier lifestyle. And as a result, I will get to then focus on myself as well. But I kind of got to feeling like I was a bit of a guinea pig in those centers. It was like, oh, Jess has weight to lose. She wants to lose weight. Like, let's try out all these different diets out on her. So every time there was something new, you know, I willingly would hop on it and try it. So it's perpetuating the yo-yo. And at one point, I was injecting HCG shots into me, which is a specific type of hormone, and eating 500 calories a day. And the idea is that you're not hungry when you're injecting yourself with this hormone. But I proceeded to feel extremely weak, lethargic, sore in my muscles and joints. I was shaking all the time. And I just wanted to succeed. And because I have those orthorexic tendencies, I didn't quit when I didn't feel good. I just kept going with it. And so at the end of that, you know, I lost a bunch of weight, but then I gained some back because it wasn't sustainable. Um, I eventually actually ended up meeting my husband, my now husband, while I was working at that job. And when I met him, I was in a slightly better place, but still just really unhappy in that job. And I was kind of in this place where I had lost about 30 pounds, but I was still um, restricting myself. I was still kind of trying to maintain what I had lost by counting calories. And so I, I met him and I was just very unhappy in my job and he was unhappy in his. And we just took this crazy leap of faith and actually decided to move to South Korea and teach English together for a year. Oh my gosh, I have shivers all over. That is so wild. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like thinking back on it, it's so funny because I was in this really toxic relationship for pretty much all of college, four years, and would have never even thought about moving in with him. And within three months of meeting Josh, we were already moving in together. And, you know, it wasn't like we got a place or anything like that. I basically just moved into his room with him and his roommate and helped them with their rent, essentially. <laughs> But, but it was, you know, it was like everything just progressed faster. When you know, you know, we just got along so well and we became such close, fast friends. And I think he really helped me to um, break the cycle too, because it was the first time that I had been with somebody who didn't make comments on how I looked or how I ate or the things that I said didn't make me feel stupid for making a wrong turn, you know, or speaking up for myself. And I had just been kind of trained to say sorry for everything and to be sort of a doormat and didn't really have um, my own personality. When I was in that relationship, it was like I was catering to that guy. And so for a year and a half before I met Josh, I was really focusing on myself. I was single and, and learning, you know, what I, what I was, um, deserving of. And so when I met him, I was in a much more confident place as far as who I was as a person. And he actually treated me like, you know, I was the world to him and that what I had to say was actually funny and, and all of the things that I had been missing before. And we just decided, you know, we both aren't in a place that we're real happy with and we both really want to travel. So let's just have this crazy experience and go out and, and do it. Wow. So would you mind 
taking some time right now and talking a little bit more about that year and a half or so that you had from that previous abusive relationship to when you met your now husband, because clearly you had to do a lot of inner work and getting over or working through, I should say, working through those emotional wounds from your previous relationship. Yeah, that, I mean, I say to everybody that I come into contact with that's going through a breakup or thinking about leaving a toxic relationship who is very, you know, it's scary. When you're in it, you can't imagine your life without that person. And, you know, especially being in a long-term relationship like mine, where I'm with the same person for four years. And even though, you know, full transparency, he cheated on me multiple times, you know, and, and I kept getting back together with him and, you know, talked down to me and talked down to my friends and my sister and was just, oh gosh, such a sociopath. It, it was like, you know, when you're in those relationships, it's like, oh, well, you guys don't see us when we're together and it's good and you don't understand our relationship and you make all these excuses for it. And there were some really great times. I mean, there's a lot of great qualities that he did have, but um, you just really can't imagine not being with that person and what it would look like to go out and, and operate independently. So, you know, I got back together with him probably for two years longer than I should have. And so once I finally broke things off, it was like this sense of freedom I've never felt before. And I wasn't sad. I was just kind of ready to, to have this next chapter in my life. And so I made, I made the decision that, first of all, there's no way I was going back with him. And second of all, I was not going to be immediately back out there dating. I wasn't, I was going to say, I wasn't going to go on the dating app. So that wasn't even an option. So I definitely <laughs> wasn't going to do that. There were no dating apps. No. Um, no, I'm like trying to think what people even did. Gosh. Um, I know. Like people had to actually like go out and meet people, right? I know. Yeah. I know. Gosh. Yeah. Cause that was, oh my God, that was like when I was 22. So quite a while ago, over 10 years ago. So um, yeah, there was no dating apps, but you know, it was like I'm not going to go out there and, you know, put myself out there with, you know, I had guy friends who we had had, you know, I don't know if you call it like sexual tension or it, where it was like there, I obviously could have gone to certain guy friends that I had and, and had, you know, random hookups or try to date them for a while. But it was like, no, this isn't about that. This sec- I cannot, you know, have a re, you know, maybe rebounds can be good for some people, but it, I, that wasn't what I needed. I knew that I needed to focus on myself and that, I needed to bring back my confidence and I needed, I needed to understand who I was and what I wanted from life, not just from a relationship, but from life, because in that relationship, my personality was sort of muted in a lot of ways. And the things that I wanted didn't matter as much because I was constantly dealing with him and he had some drug issues as well, some Um, addiction issues that I was constantly trying to be the fixer for. And so it was like, I just really wasn't able to focus on anything that I wanted. And so I went out there and 
And, you know, it was like, I love to go out with my friends and not to meet guys. I just really enjoyed dancing. Like, I love dancing to hip hop music. I still do. And I just, I mean, I love it. And it just makes me so happy. And so I got together with friends that I wasn't able to see as much. And I started going out a lot and just dancing and having fun. And I started to work out again. And um, that was something that really I had a vexed relationship with as well, because I'd work out for like two hours a day on the treadmill and the elliptical just to punish myself from what I'd eaten the night before or because my boyfriend in college wanted me to. And so it was like, no, I'm going to get into working out because I want to feel strong because I want to be confident. So I started to do that. And um, I got an apartment with a guy friend, nothing no like love interest ever, but just a guy friend because I wanted somebody who wasn't going to be really controlling of my time that I could kind of come in and out as I pleased. And, um, that was great to kind of have that, um, male perspective as well. And so, yeah, I mean, I worked out, I got together with friends all of the time. I got together with my sister and my family as much as I possibly could. Um, I started to wear clothing that was clothing that made me feel confident, not clothing that was based on what kind of comments I thought I was going to receive from that boyfriend because either I looked too slutty or I didn't look, you know, made up enough or whatever it was. So kind of figured out my own style, which is like weird to say, but, um, all of that stuff. And, and then just started to journal and, you know, um, really just get clear on, on what I wanted from the next um, few years, month, you know, years, decades, lifetimes for me. And, and so I think when I actually met Josh, um, it was like, I was not looking at all, at all. Like that was the last thing on my mind. I was having so much fun. I was blissfully happy. And other than the job I was in, I was just in a really good place with myself as a person. I love where this conversation turned because I don't get a chance to talk a lot about this topic with many of my guests. And for you to be so willing to talk about like an emotionally abusive relationship and the things you did to really discover who you truly were after, because like you said, so many of us are like find ourselves in these relationships and we're so focused on our partner that we really do start losing who we are. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then for you to, I really want you to kind of elaborate a little bit more because I know a lot of women will be able to relate where, I mean, I've been in relationships and we definitely don't have to get into my history, but you know, there, I was in a very long-term relationship. We were engaged and things obviously ended, but it was in that relationship where I, like you was making up all of these excuses, right? And you kind of like focus on all the good and all of a sudden you're just so consumed in like the little specks of good in your relationship that you totally are blinded by all of the negative things. So that makes it really difficult to leave the relationship. But like you said, you eventually got to this place where 
you did leave. So how did you gain that confidence to be like, okay, this is not good. I don't like how I'm being treated. And how did you gain that confidence? Because I know a lot of women listening right now are searching for that confidence that you had. Yeah, well, and also thanks to you for sharing that about your relationship, because I'm sure that that was an extremely um, difficult time for you as well. And I'm sure you learned a lot through that process, which I know has now become your message. You know, um, no, I'm not saying that relationship was your message, but so much of what you learned is now your gift to share. Um, so, and that's really the way that I look at it is like, I would never take back any of those times because I learned so much. And I think I heard someone say that, you know, uh, your message comes from your mess and, or turning your mess into your message. And, and I really like that because it allows you to look back and kind of become that compassionate observer into your life and, and, um, you know, pull from those experiences, something that hopefully can help somebody else. So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. But for me, I, I guess the courage to leave, you know, I wish I could say it was like, I wasn't treated well. And, you know, I knew that I had to stand my ground and I knew what I was worth and I decided to leave. No, that not at all. I, I probably honestly should never have been with him. There was a lot of red flags in the very beginning. Um, I don't really think there, there was a time where it was ever amazing. If I'm being honest with myself, I think the whole relationship was actually pretty crappy. Um, but there were definitely some good times and, um, I do have a lot of great experiences, but I think what really was kind of like the camel, um, or what is that phrase? The camel, uh, (laughs) why am I blinking on that phrase? Um, but it was when, um, it was like these repeat patterns that kept happening. And I think I started to see the patterns more clearly. And it was like, okay, he tells me a lie. You know, he does something, whether it's cheating or um, doing something behind my back or speaking to me, like I'm not even a human. And, and then, you know, I cry and I put my foot down and I, you know, try to assert myself and say that that's not fair and shouldn't be treating me that way. And all of a sudden he pulls out, you know, the fireworks and the flowers and the sorries and I love you. And, and the, at one point, even trying to propose to me, you know, after cheating on me or, you know, Oh, I want to take things to the next level in our relationship. This just made me realize how much, you know, I want this. And, and it was like all of these kind of, manipulative phrases and I just kept believing them and falling prey to kind of his traps and of luring me back in and so I think I just started to to analyze the patterns and it's like okay Jess every single time that he does something and and apologizes you take him back why is that every single time that he cheats on you, there's this other reason and you take him back. Like, and it was just me getting real with, he's not going to change no matter how much I feel that I can be the fixer in this relationship. I can help him to move on from his drug issues. I can help him to not be um, an an abuser when it comes to emotion, emotionally abusive, um, you know, verbally also, 
you know, maybe I can help guide him out of that because he's a really smart guy. He has a lot to give. He is, um, he can be very loving and he's, you know, funny and he has good friends. There's a reason why people, you know, like him. And so I wanted to also give him a chance to let that shine. And, and so eventually it was like, at what cost, you know, the cost of my sanity, my confidence, my happiness and my life. I already let this person take four years of my life. And so I just had this epiphany and that's all I can really say is that I woke up one day and was just ready. And I, I knew I woke up that day and I knew when I did it, I wouldn't be sad afterwards. And, you know, I, again, maybe I I should have called and had him come over and said it face to face. But for me, I believe that I say things best when they're written out. And so I wrote him this very heartfelt letter, basically saying all of the things over the past four years that I felt like I didn't have a voice to say because it was just eliminated by him. And I said everything I needed to say and I sent it off. And of course he was very upset by receiving an email and, and said, when you're ready to talk, I'm here. And, you know, and I did it and it was done, but I never have felt so free, but I will tell you, you know, he proceeded to basically stop me and try to get me back for another year. So that was also, you know, me having to stay, stay strong and stick to my guts and what I wanted and what I knew I deserved. And, and I did it. And I, I mean, I can't, I am truly so proud of myself for that because it took so much. I wouldn't have met my husband if I hadn't have done that. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I hadn't have got, hadn't have gone through that. And it made me such a stronger person. And it really allowed me to step into the 2.0 version of myself. Yes. Okay. So I love, thank you, first of all, for sharing all of that. I'm, I was just like so immersed in your story, but like you said, you wouldn't have met your now husband, who is clearly an amazing human. And you wouldn't have been doing what you're doing like for your career right now. There's so many ways that your life grew after saying goodbye to that guy who was once in your life. But I feel like the one thing that holds so many women back is they start thinking about the future and they're like, okay, if I leave this relationship, I'm just going to be alone forever. And they really like think that this relationship, if they leave, their life is almost going to get smaller versus expand and grow. Whereas you are like a very great example of what life like actually looks like when you leave a toxic relationship, right? Yeah. And that's actually the other point that I wanted to make was that if you are in that toxic relationship and you're really afraid of leaving and you can't imagine your life without that person, like I couldn't, it is like, well, try to imagine your life with that person for the rest of your life. You know, is that the life that you want? You know, is that are you going to be given the wings to fly and to, you know, blossom into the person that, you know, you really want to be and that you're excited to be? Are you going to be able to go after the career that you want? Are you going to be able to have the type of friendships that you want to have or make time for them? Are you going to be able to, you know, 
travel to the places that you want to go to have those moments that you look back on, um, you know, that you're just so proud of and, and that really helped to shape you and just think about like, are you going to be able to be the you that you know that you're worthy of if you stay in this relationship? And if the answer is no, then you probably know that it might be time to move on if not now soon and start to create, you know, you know, a life for yourself outside of that person. Even if you can't break up with them right this second, start immersing yourself in other um, activities, like create boundaries so that you do have time for your friends. So you're not alienating all of your friendships. So that when you come out of this relationship, you have nobody there for you, you know, invest in those people who have always been there for you in your friendships, invest in yourself, get moving, move your body, you know, in any way that you love, not because you feel that you should. And that's a message that I have in my practice now is move your body in any way that feels good. Because the second you're doing something, because you feel like you should, there's dread and there's shame and there's, um, you know, guilt and it's not sustainable and, you know, exercising releases endorphins and makes you feel good. And so, you know, activities that you've wanted to try, start doing those and just really start to build your life up in a way that, you know, makes you feel strong and empowered. And when it comes to the place that you're ready to let go of that relationship, you will already be in a much healthier mindset. Yeah. And a better relationship with yourself. Absolutely. That is amazing advice for the woman who is in that toxic relationship that is so ready to leave, but she just needed your extra bit of love and that nudge. Absolutely. It takes a lot of confidence to leave a relationship because we think that this is the relationship we're supposed to be in, right? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of strength, but you, you are strong you are much stronger than you even realize. You are so powerful and you are so worthy of being in a relationship that fills you up and makes you feel like, you know, I always say, why are we in these relationships that don't mirror the kind of healthy relationships that we have with our friends or our family? We should be in relationships where the person that we're with sees everything in us that our best friends love about us and more because that's the person that you have to be with potentially for the rest of your life. So it should be that sort of like love that a best friend has for you, building you up, making you feel great, telling you that you, you know, you've got this. And, and then on top of it, having that sexual attraction and that physical attraction and that, you know, all of the other parts of a, of an intimate committed relationship. So if you're not getting at least what you're getting from a best friend, from your partner, you know, then it's, you know, it's, it's maybe not the right one. And so, you know, just be being confident and confident is hard. You know, it's not easy to just say, Oh, I'm going to be confident, but you are you. And there's only one you and will only ever be one you for the rest of eternity, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Yeah. And so, you know, that's where like YOLO, you really only have one life to live. So yeah. might as well be one, one life on this physical earth. 
Right. Well, Jess, you are doing amazing things. And honestly, I could keep chatting with you, but I do have one more question before we go. And I'm excited to hear your answer. I ask all of my guests this and it is, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Oh, okay. That's a good one. Um, so unbreakable, I think that's such a powerful word, but I think it really means, at least to me, um, not allowing the challenges in your life, whether it's all the no's we've been told, maybe when it comes to our jobs or our love lives, um, or, you know, the failed diets or the like, the losses we've suffered personally from loved ones or relationships, like we were just talking about, um, you know, even more tragic, like losing, you know, losing a loved one, that's extremely tragic or suffering a major health issue or disease, um, or an injury that's beat us down so much, um, and not allowing that to, to cause us to break and, and taking those hardships, the pain, the insecurity, the judgment, and finding a way to turn it into our mission and our message. And I think it's how we come out the other side and just keep on moving, even if it takes a while for us to kind of dust ourselves off and get back on again, that's okay. So I think it's just about moving forward. Yeah. And you did such a beautiful job within your own life of dusting yourself off and moving forward and just making the most of your life and really using your past experiences to create the message you have today and how you help women. You're doing amazing work. So I want to point all of our listeners towards you. So where can they find you, Jess? I will link everything up in the show notes. Yeah. So before I, before I say that, I just really want to thank you and, and appreciate you for asking such thoughtful questions. I think, you know, I haven't really talked about this on a podcast before. Usually it's about, um, you know, how I work with clients and sort of like a lot of my background with disordered eating and, and how I help other, you know, how I help my clients to get on the other side of that. And then, you know, morning routine and tips and tricks for self-care. So it was actually really, really cool to be able to talk about um, that part of my life because I think it is so important and and it really caused me to pause and have to think about how it affected my life because I haven't really talked about it much so thank you well I just have to thank you because I really appreciate you being so open about that so thanks yes absolutely and who knows maybe this will be something that I talk about more now thanks to you you definitely should <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, everybody can find me on bodyblissbyjess.com and you can also find me on Instagram at bodyblissbyjess. And, um, if you want to reach out to me, I try to respond to all the DMs on Instagram, but you know, I do do private coaching. Like I said, I have a retreat. I'm not sure when this episode will be out, but I'm hosting a retreat in India, um, which is right outside Palm Springs, September 20th through the 22nd. So if anybody is interested in that, that'll be on my website. And I'm the creator of, um, I have a lot going on. So just go to my website. Okay, <laughs> for sure. For sure. And I will definitely have everything linked up for everyone listening so they can go find you. And I know we have a lot of people in California listening. So hopefully they can attend your retreat. I wish I could. That would be awesome. I know. That would be so fun. Well, hey, if you need a little getaway, um, it'll be there for you. There's a pool. We'll have a Reiki healer, some delicious food. Just Amazing. 
until time. <laughs> awesome, Jess. I'm sure you and I will chat again. Yes, I would love that. Thank you so much, Meg.